this evening in James, the fourth chapter, or uh, I guess I should start over there. In the last chapter, uh, <clears throat> the, uh, James talked a lot there about envy and strife, and we could see by the, uh, the writing there that, uh, that they definitely, these people had, uh, had a carnal spirit, if you will. James encouraged them, though, to turn uh, to the wisdom that came from above rather than the wisdom that comes from below that, that uh, brought about this envy and spirit, envy and strife. <clears throat> and it's this wisdom that comes from above, <clears throat> excuse me, is characterized by the fruits of purity and gentleness, mercy, peace, and uh, other things that he mentioned there. And uh, really this, uh, this chapter here is kind of a continuation of that thought and uh, telling, showing us just exactly uh, the, what is opposite of that uh, wisdom that comes from above. And the things we'll look at this evening will be the wisdom that comes from below us. Uh, they had developed a, a carnal spirit, if you will. <clears throat> so that... <clears throat> two things we want to look at this evening that the fleshly desires that they had that it would uh, bring strife uh, among the uh, among the, the Christians there and the second thing that there is a warning in this chapter about uh, about worldliness begin there in the first verse <clears throat> uh, James says where do wars and flights, fights come from among you do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? And the wars that he is talking about here <clears throat> is not the type of a uh, physical conflict like we think about uh, like a military uh, going against another military. And uh, thank you, Rusty. <clears throat> so, but it's, uh, it's rather, it's a... Uh, it's a, it's not, it's kind of a figurative term, I guess I would say, and what it means is there's a lot of infighting, uh, fighting, uh, kind of brawling among the uh, Christians there at that time, and uh, he goes on. He tells us why. He says, uh, "Do they not come from your desires for pleasure?" And uh, they had this uh, great desire for the. Uh, for the pleasures of, of life at, at that time. <clears throat> the uh, King James Version uses the word, uh, rather than desire for pleasure, uses the word lust. And uh, lust, uh, we know that that usually is uh, something with, uh, or looked at as unrighteous pleasure. Uh, the Greek word there said uh, sensual delight. And so the type of... Uh, Desires that they had, you see, these were not the heavenly desires. These were uh, things that came from uh, from the earth, and they were uh, fleshly desires. and And these things were causing them to have trouble, to have unrest, envy, strife, and uh, the things of that nature. In James, the uh, first chapter, he said, "But each one of his <clears throat> is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires." and enticed then when desire has conceived it brings forth uh, or brings 
birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So uh, when we are tempted, you see, it's uh, because of the desires that we have in our hearts. And uh, these things, uh, we're drawn away uh, by uh, these desires. They lead us in a wrong direction, you see. And uh, these are a part of the carnal spirit that man has at the time. So uh, who is responsible there uh, for their being drawn away? He said that uh, he is drawn away uh, by his own desires and enticed. So the, the blame belongs to ourselves when we have this type of a carnal spirit. I remember when there was uh, some years back there was a comedian uh, by the name of Flip Wilson, and uh, whenever he'd do something a little bit ornery, he would always say, the devil made me do it. And, uh, well, the devil doesn't make us do it. He puts the desires out there in front of us, and we do it ourselves. And, you know, a childish response, you know, I can, uh, when you get after a, a little kid, five, six, seven years old, and they say, well, he'll always try to lay the blame, or she will all try to lay the blame on somebody else. But the blame... Uh, lies within our own selves when uh, <clears throat> when we turn away uh, when we have these carnal desires and it leads to uh, to these wars or to the infighting leads to fighting and brawling if you will in verse one there <clears throat> uh, he says uh, at the end of it there he says that war in your members and uh, I don't, it doesn't mean like your members, like I don't believe the members of their congregation, but he's talking about uh, within his own body. Uh, a parallel to, to that is in uh, Romans, the 7th chapter, verses 23 and 24. He's, Paul says, I see another law in my members. And so he's talking here about within his own body, warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? So, Paul, when, he, when we're talking here about uh, members, we're talking about within our own bodies, as I understand. And again, it's kind of a, a figurative term in a way. You know, here, <clears throat> some time ago, we had a, in our men's... Uh, study uh, we studied the the subject of sober-minded uh, being sober-minded and uh, we looked at, at Eve's example and there we have to have this ability you see to be able to control our desires to regulate ourselves the desires and the impulses that we have and when we go back to the Old Testament and we can see that uh, that these that's started actually started in the garden of eden it says so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave her husband with her and he ate so this is what uh, we can see the the uh the sensual part of eve there when she looked at this tree. God had told her not to eat of these things. But she looked at it and says, you know, it's good for food. And 
really it's beautiful it's pleasant to the eyes and uh and it'd make me wise you know so she starts to thinking and uh using her own ideas her own understanding you see and rather than listening to what god said uh she allowed this to be tempted she was tempted but it was eve's fault you see she didn't have to she could have made the decision to do what God bid her to do. And the same way with these uh, that we're studying about this evening, that it is their own responsibility that they have allowed themselves to be uh, drawn away in these uh, carnal lust and the things that <clears throat> of that nature. In uh, Mark 7, uh, verses 20, My fingers are way too big for this thing. Mark 7, verses 21 through 23. He said, For uh, from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, and evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All of these evil things come from within and defile a man. So these were the uh, the the evil things that they were thinking here that was uh, causing this uh, unrest uh, was coming from within their own selves. So we can see how important that it is to uh, 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 to have this. Uh, when James was talking about the wisdom from above there in the, in the last chapter, we can see how important that it is to. Uh, to say the the thoughts and the uh, of our hearts to lay that aside and to uh, to look for uh, God's wisdom or His commands, His will. You see, in what He has taught us to do, and uh, but when we leave God's wisdom behind, then uh, this strife originates uh, within our own being. So where does the love lie in our hearts? In uh, 1 John 2, 15 through 17, uh, John says, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If, any man, if anyone uh, loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it. But he who does the will of his of God abides forever. So, <clears throat> so these people had a love for the worldly things, and uh, it wasn't uh, a love for God, but it was a love for the physical things of this world. And uh, he uh, shows us there what uh, what these things are: they're the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. The very same things that when we read there about Eve in the Garden of Eden, this was the same things that drew her away and caused her uh, to sin there. So <clears throat> we have to be careful about uh, what we love, and uh, our love should never be concentrated on the physical things of this earth, but it always ought to be concentrated on our love that we have for our Heavenly Father he says there that we will abide forever. So <clears throat> the war in our hearts and our minds, we see that it can have eternal consequences. 
And uh, so we need to be careful that we lay these things aside. Verse 2 of our text this evening, he said, You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. <clears throat> so in, uh, he said, You lust and do not have. So uh, the people there, they were desiring uh, the, the lust. It, it was unholy things, I believe. And uh, they was never able to get the satisfaction that they really desired. Uh, kind of a, a good example of it, people sometimes lust after money. And, uh, well, they just, they just it's, they're consumed with the idea of getting more money. And they get more money, but that still is not enough. They desire more. They just keep on. And uh, they, they're, they're just never satisfied with, uh, with what they have. And Solomon uh, said it very good in Ecclesiastes second chapter, verses 10 and 11. He said, whatever my eyes uh, desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure, for my heart rejoiced in all my labor, and this was my reward for all of my labor. This I looked on all of the works of my hands <clears throat> had done, and on the labor in which I had toiled. And indeed, all was vanity and grasping for the wind. There was no profit under the sun. So Solomon uh, uh, was a very energetic uh, person. Uh, he had great desires. He did a lot of building. He accomplished a lot of things. But they, he said in the end, though, that it was vanity, and he uses the, the term vexation of the spirit. So uh, these things, even though he did all of these things, it evidently did not bring him the satisfaction that he really wanted to have. Again, in Ecclesiastes, <clears throat> he said, for what, for what has man for all of his labor and for the striving of his heart, which he has toiled under the sun? For all of his days are sorrowful and his work is burdensome. Even in the night, his heart takes no rest. This is also vanity. So we can see here uh, how these desires, these earthly desires, these uh, wants that would drive us in our life, the envy and the jealousy that, uh, that these people were enduring, uh, these things was uh, bringing nothing but sorrow and uh, unrest to those. <coughs> Uh, in verse uh, 2 of our text, he said, you murder and covet. Uh, I don't think that he literally, uh, when he uses the word murder, he doesn't uh, literally mean murder that they was going out and uh, killing someone. But uh, I think he was using it in a figurative sense as uh, John does in First John 3 and in verse uh 15, he said, whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. So he who hates his brother is a murderer. So we can see that the envy, the strife, uh, the unrest, the things that were going on at this time uh, uh, was creating hatred uh, probably in the, 
and these people, and James refers to that as murder. And when he says you murder and covet, so all of this envy, this strife, was uh, evidently causing uh, some hatred uh, between the uh, the people there at that time. So, so they had these unholy desires, this envy, and uh, these things that just the natural result of this was the fighting and the quarreling that uh, they were uh, doing. Uh, again, in the second uh, verse there, he says, and you cannot obtain, you fight and war. So they, uh, they were literally spinning their wheels. They couldn't really, after all of this jealousy, this envy, this, this things that were in their heart, they was never able to attain what they uh, wanted to do. Always had that <clears throat> that uh, phrase that they were spinning their wheels, and uh, we do that a lot of times. We just uh, we work and work and work, and it don't seem like we get anywhere. And uh, we see people, you know, like uh, in in uh, when the weather is uh, snowy, the streets are slick. Uh, somebody will get stalled, and they'll their wheels will spin a little bit, and. So they get frustrated and they mash down on the accelerator harder and it just spins more and they mash harder and, and they just squall on their tires and they're not going anywhere. And all that they do, all that happens is they're just getting frustrated. And that's uh, what's happening to these people here. <clears throat> that uh, they, they, it was just vex, it was vexing them uh, uh, like... Uh, Solomon said that it was just vexa vexation of the spirit. So, and uh, he says there, uh, because you do not ask. And, <clears throat> excuse me, their mind uh, was focused, uh, their mindset rather, was focused on the lust, the desires that they had, the envy that they had in their heart. And uh, I believe when, when uh, that is our mindset, we begin to forget about God. When we forget about God, we forget about going to him in prayer. And so they, uh, this was causing them uh, to drift away from God, and uh, they didn't even pray uh, for the things that they were wanting. And the things that they were wanting were probably evil to start with. And because they were evil, uh, they probably just... Uh, just didn't want to ask God for these things and probably did not even have him in their conscience at that time. In verse 3, <clears throat> he said, You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. <clears throat> so they asked and uh, didn't receive. You know, some people... Uh, don't even ask, uh, but some actually do uh, pray probably uh, those that were fighting and envying and so forth, but they, they were praying for the wrong things. And we know that God never uh, responds to a prayer that is uh, not in keeping with his will. In James 1 and uh, verse 5, we get a good example here. Uh, he said, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. If we ask something that is in keeping with God's will, with what he would want us to have, 
in our life, you see, uh, God will supply that if that's what, if that's the right thing to do. And it says that he gives to all liberally. And God is uh, not chintzy, if you will, but uh, God is quick and uh, to answer prayers and to give us the things that we need. But uh, uh, if we don't receive, it's probably because we're not asking for things that are uh, in keeping with God's will, things that are even good for us. So God has some rules for the for the prayer here. The prayer has to be in faith in James 1, verses 6 through 8. He said, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded. He is a double-minded man and unstable in all of his ways. So we have to uh, pray in faith, believing that we will receive, that we are in keeping with God's will, and that we will receive that. If we, uh, if we don't have that type of a faith, uh, then we're uh, being double-minded. Uh, the second thing, that, it, like I said uh, earlier there, that we have to be in keeping with God's will. In 1 John, uh, <clears throat> uh, 5 and verses 14 and 15. Got both of them on one slide. He said, now this is a confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And we could uh, infer there that if we ask according to his will, he hears us. And as we read in James, the first chapter, he will give it liberally uh, as much as what we need. Going on there, and it said, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. And uh, beloved, if uh, in James, first John. 3, verse 21 and 22, he said, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God that whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. So if these uh, uh, Christians there, if they would have been obeying his commandments, uh, have the type of faith that... Uh, that they should have, and they were praying and keeping his will, God would have answered it. We've seen that there in the first chapter, but uh, they weren't, and they were double-minded. There were, uh, their uh, thoughts were concentrated upon uh, carnal things of this life. And the third thing in Proverbs 28 and verse 9, he said, one who turns his way, away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer is an abomination. So when we turn away from God, we turn away from his will, his commandments. We no longer do the things that he would bid of us to do. Then even when we go to him in prayer, he says here that it's an abomination. God does not like that at all. So verse 4, seeing what we've studied about here now in the first three verses, he calls them, he says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that the friendship of the world is enmity 
with God. Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. He called them adulterers and adulteresses. And again, this is a uh, maybe probably not a reference to their physical life that they were physically committing adultery, but rather uh, their spiritual life. They had committed adultery. They had turned away from God, and they had been espoused to God and a covenant with God. When we obey the gospel of Christ and uh, uh, when forgiven of our sins and we belong to the Lord, then it's uh, oftentimes referred to as like a uh, or the bride, if you will, and the, the church is his bride. So when we begin to do things then, when we turn away from God's will, uh, then we are uh, figuratively committing adultery because we're uh, cheating on God, if you will, and doing things that we ought not to do. So when we start to love the world more than we love God, then we're getting into some, uh, we are in dangerous territory at that time uh, because we're get, entering into uh, a spiritual adultery, if you will. Uh, Paul and and the second uh, Corinthians there, when he was writing to them, he said, I am jealous for you with godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent was deceived by Eve, by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. So uh, Paul, uh, when uh, he talked the gospel to the Corinthians there, and, uh, and, then, and when they turned away from it and started doing a lot of the things that we read about there in, in the first Corinthians and everything, Paul said, I, I betrothed you to one husband. He, they were uh, married to Christ, you see. And they wanted to present them as a chaste virgin. But in a manner of speaking, the Corinthian people there, when they turned away and they did all of these other things, you see, that were uh, contrary to God's will, they were, in effect, and they were committing uh, adultery, if you will. And back in verse 4 again, he said, Do you not know that the friendship with the world is enmity with God. <clears throat> so uh, they were loving things of the world and uh, they were uh, making themselves an enemy of God, as we'll see here in a bit. In uh, 1 John uh, 2, verses 15 through 17, he said, Do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, just what we was reading about there about Eve, he said, it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. And as the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. So, so we can't, if we try to be a friend with the worldly things, you see, 
and we start loving the worldly things, then we see then that uh, that we are turning away from God. And uh, in verse 4 again there, he said, and uh, uh, whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So we become, uh, he talked there using the word enmity, which means uh, opposed or hostile. So when we put ourselves in a position where we are opposed to God, opposed to his word, uh, when we create hostility between ourselves and our heavenly father, then we are to a point, you see, that uh, we become an enemy of God. So it's very dangerous then for us to... uh, uh, to become carnally minded. Romans 8, verse 5 and 6 said, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So again, here we see that uh, we have to set our minds on the things of the Spirit. We have to set our minds on the things of God be very careful that we do not allow ourselves uh, to set our minds on the uh, the, uh, the physical things of, uh, of this life. So easy to do. It's uh, easy to be overcome by these things. And we have to be uh, very careful with our minds. In uh, Colossians 3 and in verse 2, he, uh, Paul says, Set our minds on the things from above and not on the things of the world. And so that's the, uh, the, the lesson that we have to take away from this is be careful, always careful, that we are spiritually minded, that we are setting our mind on the things of God. And uh, verse 5 of our text, he said, Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? I studied on this for several days. And I finally decided that I did not know exactly what that meant. And uh, I read a number of different uh, uh, commentaries, and they were all in uh, disagreement. But one thing that I did get out of, my, out of this study, that there is a great uh, danger in being uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, carnally minded, as I said, and uh, I do understand from our study that uh, God has a great concern uh, for the purity of his people. In uh, Exodus 20, verses 4 and 5, <clears throat> he said, Ye shall not make for yourselves a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. For ye shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. So uh, God is very jealous when we turn away. Uh, like I said, you know, we talk, he uh, said that they were uh, adulterers and adulteresses. And uh, so God is very jealous. And even the apostle Paul himself was jealous of the, of the Corinthians. Uh, in Second Corinthians 11 and verse 1, he said, for I, am a je- for I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. 
for I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. So Paul here was jealous. Uh, uh, it was a godly jealousy, and it, it was a, a, an envy that, uh, that he had uh, taught these people that they had become Christians and uh, that they would uh, want to turn away from Christ. So <clears throat> there's a purpose, there's a reason in God's word and uh, that uh, reason is to keep us on, on the right path, to have the right mindset uh, that we are always uh, determined to, uh, to do the will of our Heavenly Father. And finally in verse 6 he said, But he gives more grace, therefore. He said, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God's grace is greater than what our sin could ever be. Our sin is enough to damn our soul, but uh, when we fall short of God's glory, we uh, pray to him, there's always that grace and that we repent of those things, we can be forgiven. His grace is uh, it's perfect in uh, forgiving the sins that we have. His grace is a really great benefit that we enjoy uh, today. And we need to set aside any personal pride that we might have that would uh, cause us to not want to turn away from the worldly things, but rather we have to be a humble person, sober-minded, and uh, keep our desires, our passions under control, uh, to be humble and to, to do his will. These are the thoughts that I have, and I hope these things have... Uh, been a benefit to you this evening. God's word, if it's uh, if we handled it accurately, is always uh, good for us to, to to have. So we have a uh, invitation song that has been selected at this time. If uh, anyone here has a uh, something to bring before the church, uh, it, it, if we humble ourselves, if we if we have turned away, uh, if we humble ourselves. God's grace is there, and uh, if we've turned away to the carnal things of the world like we've talked about this evening, God's grace is there. If we repent of those things, we return back to God, and uh, he'll lovingly forgive us of those things, and once again, we can be in a right standing with him. Uh, if anyone has a matter to bring before the congregation, we bid you to come as we sing the song that has been selected. Jesus called a tenderly upon your ear. Sweet is love. Turn and listen, stay and hear. Ye that labor and are heavy laden, lean upon your dear Lord's breast. Ye that labor and are heavy. Come and I will give.